HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Their flours and whole grains are the highest quality and are minimally processed at their stone mill in Oregon. Visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products. Use the code COOKINGISSUES, that's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES, for 25% off your order. Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from like roughly 12 to like roughly 12.45, 1 o'clock from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. <laughs> Today we have BDX crew in the house! <laughs> uh, plus Nastasia, the Hammer Lopez, and David Booth. <laughs> she counts as BDX crew. It's true. BX bar crew. When I say BDX crew, I mean BX yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. He always forgets I helped him up in the bar. <laughs> oh, man, 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 So, call in all of your BDX cocktail-related questions to 718-497-2128. That's 718-497-2128. Since we have a rather large... Oh, by the way, the reason we're doing this BDX reunion now is because I've wanted to do it for a long time, and we're about to open... It's not Booker and Dax, and... Everyone here has gone on, except for the one person who's going to work with me in this group, well, mm-hmm. yeah, has gone on to do very interesting things. So this is in advance of the new bar existing conditions opening. Uh, it's coming, we promise. Pr- that's, that's Jack Schramm, <laughs> our once and future head bartender. Uh, I can never escape Dave, and I would never choose to. All right, let's. Uh, <laughs> so let's go. Why don't we start? Start with you, Jack. We'll go around the room. We'll say who's in. We'll say who's in here, and then we'll and then we'll just get going. Sure. Hi, it's Jack Schram, the future head bartender of Existing Conditions, former barback at Booker and Dax, also bartender, head bartender. Here's. Hello, this is Robbie Nelson. I was uh, the general manager of Booker and Dax uh, very early on, and now working uh, with Plymouth Gin and Pernod Ricard. Uh, my name is Nicholas Bennett. I was the former bar captain of Booker and Dax, and now I'm the head bartender at uh, Porchlight, uh, part of Union Square Hospitality Group. When you, sing, when you say Porchlight in your head, do you sing it in Neil Diamond voice? Always. Just <laughs> every single time. Uh, my name is Donnie Clutterbuck, and I used to work at Booker and Dax. Now I am the head bartender at Cure, one of the many Cures in Rochester, New York. And uh, you can't trademark that name because it's a common word, so everybody uses it. 
<laughs> and now I travel around to talk about spreadsheets and citrus fruit. Well, also, like, you're also, like, your USBG, all that other stuff, right? Yeah, Aren't yeah. You? I mean, how long do we have, right? <laughs> I don't know. Just tell them what you do. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the founder, and, a founder and the president of the Rochester USBG chapter. I own an app called Pour Cost, which is a way to find out what it costs you to serve things from a milliliter bottle in ounces at dollars at a percentage for free. And what else do I do? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I drink <laughs> coffee in the morning and coffee at night. Nice. And that's, that's, that's that. That's we need an app that's just pork cost. It's cost of every cut of pork. <laughs> pork cost. How much does your pork cost to you? Yeah. What if I turn it into ham? <laughs> Hello, I'm Felipe. Uh, former resident beautiful boy at Booker and Dax. Yeah. Uh, currently bartending at Blacktail. Hey, I'm Derek Cram. Uh, I was part of the last generation at Booker and Dax, uh, now at PDT. Yeah. Uh, Stacy Swenson, a former bartender at Booker and Dax, um, at Dante and Dante at Genuine, uh, where I'm the head bartender, and creative consultant for uh, Simple Serve yep. and, and general party time good haver. Now, un- <laughs> Dante at Genuine, unrelated to Genuine the rapper. Well, not technically unrelated uh. to the. <laughs> <laughs> Spellings, Affiliated by enjoyment. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so anyway, so uh, we'll just talk about things. Uh, we already have a BDX question. Someone wants to know some specs. I'm sure everyone's going to ask specs. Uh, if anyone calls in, they're just going to have us shoot the breeze here, which is also fine. But I figured we'd make a drink. So uh, sorry, not Pernod Ricard on this one. But Heaven Hill came and did a tasting, and they left us a bottle of... Um, it's just going to show you how like the mentality works. At the, at the like old Booker and Dax mentality. Hopefully we keep this mentality. So they show up. And they show us this uh, sacred bond, you know, uh, American brandy, which is good and a good price. Yeah. And, of course, I just run around the room saying, word is bond, gr- girls, I'm sugar. Like, running around like an idiot, <laughs> calling the spirit word is bond and not ever saying the word sacred. Uh, and then we're tasting it, and I think Jack and I both look at it was like, why have we never made a, why in all of the years we never made ourselves a milk wash sidecar? What? What what were we thinking? Yeah, first of all, like sidecar, sidecar is one of those drinks, and you guys will you know disagree with me, of course, because you're humans. But um, sidecar is one of those drinks that I always want to love a lot, and I never quite love it a lot. And I know all of you who know me know that I have an issue with like heavy wood, heavy acid on a shake, and so you know the yak. Anyway, so we're not using yak on this because uh, standard sidecar is, of course, yak. Do the classic specs have? added simple syrup or is it just Cointreau yak and lemon that's like the original daisy and by the way garbagey spec it's a garbage (laughs) yeah it needs simple simple. yeah file that under the long list of garbage classic specs two one one you monster (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it's bad bad people just terrible people Uh, anyway so uh we milk washed some of the uh it's sacred bond, not word, sacred bond. We uh, milk washed some of that. I should say that's why I was late because I was at the new bar milk washing. So I milk washed that. And I have a new thing for all of you. Uh, so one of the things we did at Booker and Dax a lot was uh, acid adjusting, right? We would take our juices and adjust. We would adjust them. We would adjust them uh, up to the acidity of lemon or, or lime juice. But so we were working actually for a new drink at the bar, the celery drink. Yeah. And. Uh, and I thought, I was like, you know, I kind of want just more hmm, citrus, more, more, more. So I was like, well, why have we never done OJ into simple syrup? So this is now OJ into simple syrup. So we have OJ turned into simple syrup, lemon juice. So instead of re- replacing the quanch with 
OJ syrup. And we're also, by the way, so I'll tell you a couple little secrets here for calculating uh, bricks adjusting up to simple syrup. This recipe only works, only works for adjusting to one-to-one simple syrup. If you want to adjust to any other bricks, you must, by the way, bricks just means percentage sugar by weight. Anyway, deal with yeah, it. Yeah, so it's not just equal parts sugar and juice. It is bricks adjusted to 50. Right, bricks adjusted to 50. So here's how, you, here's how you do it. You look up on the internets, or if you have a refractometer, as we do, you look up the bricks of the thing you have, and, and here's the magic formula. If you want any other, ratio, any other like, you know, bricks, if you want to do two-to-one simple syrup, then you're on your own. Go figure out the math. But just multiply the bricks by two and subtract that from 100. So orange juice is 11.8 bricks. That's 23.6. Subtract from 100 is 76.4. Some of that. So that formula always works. So then if you have 100 grams of OJ, you add 76 and change grams of sugar, and you're good. Very simple formula. Multiply the bricks by two, subtract from 100. Multiply by two. Assuming you're starting with 100 grams, scale up accordingly. Well, everything's by 100. Yeah, everything's by hundreds. By the 100 weight. Not the ice company. The 100 (laughs) weight. Nothing against the ice company. I'm just saying unrelated. All right, Dave, before I make this, how about we open one of our bottled specialties that yeah. are... Let's do it. And what, surprise for wh- oh, awesome. So, what, what, Jack, tell them what you're opening here. So, the first thing we're going to open is a one of our Booker and Dax bottled Manhattans. This one happened to be bottled on July 10th, 2015. It's been in my freezer. <laughs> well, it actually traveled with me to New Orleans uh, for the cap program in 2015 and I never opened it because we were so liquored up the whole week (laughs) you know it's just it's tough Uh, so I just brought it home and jammed it in my freezer until an opportune moment such as this one well Well, you know fridge freezer you know it's been in in a chilled environment except for the time it was in my suitcase and then in a mini bar fridge for six days I still have a bottle of chartreuse lying around but I don't know where it is it's at the bar okay by the way for those of you for those of you that uh you know, all of you obviously are family, and I hope to see you at the new bar on a constant basis. But remember, we used to store all of our bottled drinks and our carbo drinks in these refrigerators, and they were a real pain in the behind from a service standpoint because they would rattle and move in and out. Remember, our glasses used to fall off and shatter, and then, like, they would go out of, <laughs> out of temperature, and then people wouldn't put the, the stuff back in, and I would start screaming and yelling. Remember this? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So, um... At the new place, we could talk about this because they printed it in the newspaper, we're going to have vending machines, and the vending machines are going to keep it at exactly the temperature, and so we're going to have bottled stuff behind the bar too, but people who want to order it can literally just plop a token in the vending machine and yank the drinks. How sick is that? That's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. We can't do the Bennett martini because we need something new. Well, no, maybe we'll make some Bennett, Bennett martinis. Martini's that one, right? <laughs> the three eighths, right? Yeah. 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 We, what olive did you use in that? Was that a, we're gonna share this, right? Start, yeah, we gotta start, start, we've got two glasses. Start with steak bone. So we're gonna. All right, we'll share go. We'll go around. And we'll meet in the middle. So, uh, so we could talk about bottled cocktails if anyone cares about bottled cocktails. Uh, one more thing I'm gonna say about the fake sidecar. We'll need if we like it, which I have no idea. I'm making the classic mistake that uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Thomas Keller yelled at me for, which making something I've never made before in front of a bunch of people is like, <laughs> you're an idiot. You're stupid. I'm like, well, thanks. I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> But we're going to shake it with an orange because we don't have shake ice and I don't have the BDX cocktail cubes. Because <laughs> whenever I do a demonstration like a, like somewhere else abroad, I bring a BDX cocktail cube with me and then invariably I give it to the person who I'm working with at the event. So I don't have any. So you can get the same 
the cocktail cube is something to add the texture of shake ice. And by the way, you can get that texture by shaking with a large piece of citrus in your tin. But if you do it, you're infringing on my patent, and I will sue you. What if the drink is no good? Everybody has to shake a drink with an orange. Well, it does actually add a little bit of, uh, we're, we're Insta Instagram. <laughs> it does add a little bit of, uh, like, zest flavor, which I also enjoy. Still good. Still tastes good. It's great. How many of these do you want me to make? Should I just make one so we can see if it's good and then make more if it is good? Yeah, do you have this? Do you have the salt? I brought the salt. You brought uh, the salt? Yeah, I don't need it. Oh, perfect. Nice. All right, yeah, make one. So the question for you guys, now you're all, you know, I know where your relative palates are. And you know where my relative palate is. How close to three quarters do you want to get on this? I'm doing, uh, like, fat half. Fat half? Are you guys okay with fat half? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. Taste the, taste the word, milk wash word is bond. It's good. It's, it's light. One of the issues with uh, wooded spirits for me is that they get, uh, especially in shaking cocktails, when they're extra diluted and extra cold, it gets that woody. So if you milk wash, it's, uh, Jack just took a pull straight out the bottle. Uh, all right, cool. All right, so we're shaking with an orange, infringing on my own patent, uh, and mixing it. So I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> what? Uh, Nastasi, why do you have my phone, by the way? I need oh, to... I was texting David from <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, because I need to look. Why don't you read me the question? Hey, we have up? a question. Well, do we have any callers, by the way? Let's Dave, do you want me to keep the sticker on the orange when I shake with it? Uh, th that's the added flavor, and it's a sign that I washed them beforehand. <laughs> Dave, I'm waiting for a call. We had a guy who called in twice before you got here. So Really? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, such is life. Such is life. Uh, all right, so we had a question. Uh, this is about sauce. Any of you guys cook uh, cook sauces? No? Yes. No. Asking a group of bartenders about cooking sauce. What about, I was in a place recently where uh, half the menu spelled sauce like sauce, and the rest of the menu spelled sauce like sauce. Sauce. <laughs> was there a definition the between the two? I think so. Like, it seemed like sauce was cooler. It was just a mistranslation, but definitely sauce was what I wanted. You know what I mean? And they had, they had a dish called, what was it called? Super Mixed Shops? Super Mixed Shops. Super Mixed Shops. So here's my concept. You ready? We take, we take uh, lamb chop, we got to get different sizes, but pork, lamb, beef, and then we meat glue them into a super chop, low temperature it, keep the pork on the outside so that it cooks higher. Pork, then I guess lamb, then beef, and then or maybe like pork, lamb, beef, pork, so that the you know thinner. And then we have that's a super mixed chop, and of course served with sauce. 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 The Manhattan was delicious, by the way, perfectly preserved thanks to the magic of liquid nitrogen. I'm gonna taste this word as Bond uh, sidecar. Yeah. 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 Want to take a call? Yeah, sure. Oh, Hello. it's delicious. Yes. Hey, caller, you're on the air. We have to come up with a name Hello. caller for this drink if we actually like it. I was thinking something California-based. Is there an Easy Rider cocktail? There is now. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. He had, did he have a sidecar on his motorcycle? Is no, that... he, of course not. He, did, yeah, he yeah, was whatever. completely unsocialized. He didn't like people. <laughs> like, why would he want another person with him on his bike? Anyway, uh, go ahead. Hi, my friend. This is Dana Corey. Dana Corey, also <laughs> from Booker and Dax. Uh, yes. my, question, my question is, what's your fascination with dairy, man? My fascination with dairy? Okay, Dana, Dana, Dana Corey, Dana Corey well-known, afraid of milk, like afeared, afeared of milk. And this being a family show, I cannot tell you the story, but if, D if Dana comes over to Existing Conditions sometime after we open and anyone who can hear our voices comes, 
We will tell you the story oh, yeah. of Dana Corey and Milk. By the way, the interesting thing about this story is that this is a story that could make someone afraid of Milk who was not already afraid of Milk. But Dana, Dana showed up with uh, a, a, already with a fear of milk. It's like Indiana Jones already afraid of snakes gets dropped into the snake pit. It's horrific. That's good. Yeah, it's real good. That tastes good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very easy good. rider. How you doing, Dana? I'm doing great. Wonderful. Excited to see the new bar. Uh, you know, just waiting for my chance to pop in. Yeah. You, you, Dana, you live in the great land of mozzarella, but true or false, I can tell relatively recent, Hoboken, by the way. Oh, much, yeah, much. <laughs> yeah, but until <laughs> until recently, though, you didn't, uh, you weren't, like, down with how good your 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 mozzarella was, right? Oh, yeah, we, we, it's the best, the best. The best. Even You like it even though it's dairy, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can actually get down with it. Uh, I have uh, breakfast with Robbie Nelson from time to time, and I even have put milk in my coffee. He's witnessed it. Well, you're just getting better and better, man. All right. Getting better and better. <laughs> See, I, like, uh, so one of my favorite things, because Dana is formerly was uh, at Miami, is we like talking about the bath salts murderer. Remember the bath salts? Oh, well, yes. He, what, yes. Did yes, he yes, murder yes. that guy or just eat his face? His did face. that guy survive? I, there were several, I hope, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd want to, uh, to make it through that. But, bath yeah. salts. Um, I think he lived. <laughs> Basalt, yeah, no the, the, the E.T. lived. You don't need a face. No, the E.T.O.R. <laughs> got shot to death. The E.T.O.R. died. Yes. He was shot to death. Yeah, Basalt. Oh, yeah, yeah, Miami. Yeah. Give me some Miami. And also, Dana and I both have a love, stupid love, uh, inappropriate love for Quad City DJs. I think. At least there he indulges oh, yeah. me with my love of Quad City DJs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, ride the train. Choo-choo, ride mm-hmm. Anyway, uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely excited to see you at the bar. Uh, Want to come check you out and you know have a little fun. Nice. All right, come by. We won't make you drink milk. We won't make you drink milk. All right. Although we now have cream syrup on the menu, and we <laughs> so <laughs> the problem we have we have new technology though. So it's okay, not so, a, so here's it's the thing. One of the problems I had at Booker and Dax pissed me off. Mm. Pissed me off for like <laughs> was that uh, no one would get the pumps to, so we could pump cream syrup and butter. We're not going to bring the cold butter syrup, are we back? Are we yeah. gonna, that was Dana. Dana's least favorite. Dana, that scared the crap out of you. I never worked with Dana, but I would always hear about once the managers left how he would actively eighty six nitro muddle drinks. <laughs> no, 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 we're out of that. No, my, don't have that. My, my other, just the lavender drink. Just the lavender. My other, uh, my other favorite, my other favorite Dana thing, and I, don't, I wasn't actually there for it. I missed it by a couple of hours. Was. Uh, we very, very rarely, oh. rarely had to throw people out of Booker and Dax. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we had a good crowd. <laughs> oh, but yeah. someone came in and touched one of the crew. Like, someone came in and touched one of the, the a female crew member. And oh, yeah. <laughs> he, like, kicked Dax, I thought. Really? Yeah, that's and, right. And oh, he just, like, there, yeah. just, like, 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 leapt from behind the bar, picked up this human, and threw him like garbage onto the street. <laughs> Super impressive. I could just see that, like, no facial. I could see Dana with no facial expression at all, just being like, nah. And then just, like, coming from around the bar and just, like, hurling this dude out onto the street. Amazing. Good times. Good times. Good times. Good times. Hey, uh, Dana, are you familiar in Hoboken with the clam broth house sign? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, here we go. Clam broth house, man. 
right here. Clam broth, right? <laughs> hey, you got your clam broth. There's one that's here, and there's one here. There's one over there, and there's one right here. You got your clam broth. <laughs> All stevedores, 50% off. Yeah, yeah. I totally want that clam broth house sign, man. We got to steal that some gun. Well, we got to build a clam broth cannon it, before we have the sign. Hey, we'll work on that. Yeah, you got to steal that for me, Dana. And the other thing is is that, uh, you know, uh, you know, partner in crime, Don Lee, evil cocktail overlord, who could not be here today because we have a tasting with press, you know, opening business. So he, like, um, he's, like... No one likes clam broth, and I won't serve it at the bar. I'm like, dude, yeah. clam broth is like clam chowder minus everything Dana hates, minus the milk. It's like yeah, clam it's chowder yeah. minus the stuff you don't like. That it's seems to great. be make a bloody mary out of that. There you go. I think it's hot though, man. That'd be like kind of nasty. A hot... We gotta build the hot broth cannon. Do you guys remember at Booker and Dax? Every year we were invited for the uh, bloody mary contest. Every year we did something conceptual, and every year we lost. We once did the the hot uh, the hot tomato soup bloody mary and served it with a grocery sandwich. Yep. I recall. Yeah. <laughs> and people... I had to track down uh, Kraft Singles uh, cheese. In a snowstorm, it was great. Except no other. Uh, yeah, but it was cold as hell, and we're serving, like, grilled cheese sandwiches, and we still didn't lose because we're like, it doesn't taste like a Bloody Mary. Duh. Duh. It tastes better. It's better. It's a grilled cheese sandwich. Who doesn't like... If you can eat cheese, you like a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah, I mean, that's just straight delicious. Straight delicious. All right, all right. So, wait. Stay on in case anyone has it. All right, By the way, Dana... caller on the line, oh, too, okay. actually. If you want I want it. another caller, but Dana also goes to these very kind of not well-known um, like cultural things on Cape Cod. Are you allowed to describe those or are those super secret? No, what cultural things? The one, the special like events where people beat the crap out of each other at Cape Cod. <laughs> oh, Fireball. Yeah, yeah, Fireball. Yeah, yeah. So talk about uh, this. Oh, yeah, Fireball. It's a, yeah, it's it's, uh, once the sun <laughs> oh, you, you guys are going to like this. In, this uh, is, yeah. In, uh, at the powwow. In Mashpee, uh, right? a lot of uh, native family. Yeah. Uh, they play this game. They gather everyone together, and they have two opposing teams. Uh, of uh, Just in young males. It's kind of like a ritual ceremony. And they light this damn ball on fire. It's a barbed wire ball that's lit on fire. And you have to get it from, from one end of the post, which is also lit on fire, to the other end. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of burnt hands. Everyone's hands looks like, like Mickey Mouse at the end of the event because it's all swollen, it's all cut up. And that's, uh, that's close to... Chest everywhere. It's just a, a ball of fire just flying around. So it's, it's, uh, you said it's, it's close to Mashpee, right? It's close to... Every single year, yeah, Mashpee, Mashpee. Mashpee, the best name ever. <laughs> so do you have, like, like a motor? Are you on a motorcycle right now? But the, uh, like, there's like a motorcycle or some sort of a thing. So what, what would you eat and drink while you were throwing fireballs at each other in Mashpee? Uh, turtle soup. Uh, turtle soup. Turtle soup. Turtle soup. Turtle soup. Yeah, so the, yeah, anyway, anyway, anytime I drive by Mash P, I'm like, Mash P, and Booker's like, not funny, Dad. <laughs> That's how it goes. Anyway, someday you'll invite me, I'll go, and I'll get someone throwing a flaming ball at me, and I will light on fire again, although I hope to never light on fire again. That's my sincere story. No, no, no. Yeah, we but we'll that. be there. Uh, the only thing is that they're strict about filming, because um, it's a very ritualistic thing, but yeah, definitely bring the, the boys, bring the family. Uh, and we'll be down there this 4th of July checking it out. Oh, 4th of July. I don't know. We'll talk about it. You talk. You come to the bar, you talk. All right. Yes, sir. I talk. All right, cool. Uh, Dave, we got, uh, who, do we, who do we got? Uh, we got another caller on the line. All right, caller, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, how are you? Woodward, uh, long time, first time, first time, long time. 
Uh, I'm actually from London, but I now live in Boston and spend an inordinate amount of time in Mashpee Commons, and I've never seen what your last contributor talked about. But that aside, my question is, I've recently fallen in love with Negroni, okay. and I was at the American Bar in the Savoy in London, and he sold me on a Mescal Negroni, which was actually rather good. My question is, what else can we make a Negroni out of dropping the gin and subbing it for something else? Okay, wait, this can, is perfect wait, because we I, have Stacey Swenson here. Okay, I'm going to give you your time, Stacey. But let, me, let, me, but let me just say one thing. Like, I am... Yo, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to let you finish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you your time. But, like, my issue is, is that, like, and we can have this argument after, after we hear the answer, but uh, is it really a Negroni still? Or is it a different drink? I got into almost a knockdown fight at the bar, last bar meeting I had because I was like, every damn drink, according to you, every damn stir drink is a freaking Manhattan. Every freaking thing. It's either a Manhattan or a martini. I got in a huge fight. Anyway. It's a highball. No. Just All right, kidding. so go ahead. Go, go Negroni. Um, okay, I don't think we need to be so strict about what we call Negroni, but if, if yeah, whatever. There's, there's a different, there's a, there are many schools of thoughts, I, I guess. I guess that the Negroni is just a building block for a cocktail, just like a Manhattan would be, right? So I think a Manhattan, I guess a Manhattan and a martini would be the same building blocks, right? And the Negroni is a and Negroni is a different thing. It's pretty much, pretty much exactly the same drink. Um, yeah, we definitely stretch our imaginations a little bit when we're when we're building Negronis, and um, you can pretty much literally d use any base spirit. And if you switch up your bitters and your vermouth, you can make it taste good. It's really hard to make it not taste good. Basca drapar. That's the beauty of the Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I personally think that Campari kind of won the uh, won the fight for the Negroni. I think you can now make a Negroni with any three parts, as long as there's a strong, a sweet, and then Campari. <laughs> so, like, does so, it need, why does it need to be Campari, though? There's so many red bitters out there that I, you can I use. agree. I'm just, from a branding perspective, I think, I think Campari kind of... Well, well, of course. ...has yeah. been fighting, has been fighting that fight. <laughs> and Campari is delicious. Well, I get this question a lot when people yeah. ask, well, I thought a Negroni has to have Campari. I don't know. Like, does it... Who, who makes these laws? No, I think, I think, I think Aperol is a legit... Still legit, less alcoholic, sweeter, less bitter. Sure, but we've got <laughs> Luxardo bitter, Contrado bitter. Like, oh. there's I mean, several other. Do you carry that? Do you yeah, carry the Luxardo? Yeah. Do you use the Luxardo? Yeah, we use it in our Boulevardier. Why? <laughs> like, why that as opposed to a different one? <laughs> I mean, do they pay you? It's I'm almost as say, if they did R&D <laughs> and then decided it's the one they like. <laughs> sure, that's the... I'm just saying, like, what's the... What's, I, I don't know enough about it, honestly, because we never carried it, right? Oh, sorry. It's so, a decision that came a little bit before <laughs> I was there, but um, there's a reason why we use each bitter and each cocktail. We also want to keep, you know, a variety on the menu. I mean, I know and for me, a lot of times it's, I use that because they literally paid for an event and then I don't want to change it because it, we wrote the spec with that. Sure, I, that might have, that might come up in sort of some, some decision making. Caller, yes, how how close are we to answering your question? <laughs> oh my God! You, you, uh, wait, 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 say that again, caller. Yeah, you're turning into Darth Vader. Or you, you got, you're totally mm. Your robot voice. You're, it sounds like he's going through a series already. Right I, 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 I would want to add that if you're going to use um, a base spirit that's as intense as mezcal, then maybe lighten up your bitter a little bit 
And so use something like Aperol or maybe like a like Capaletti or something Mezcal's that's not as intense. Unless you really want like a punch in your face kind of cocktail, which I think a Mezcal Negroni is. Mezcal is a huge range though. It can range from like super light to like super hardcore. Mr. Del Maggie, do you have any comments on this? What there's also like, would you at least agree? Steak bone, would you at least well, agree? Say mezcal, you know? Well, for Vita, because so if you're gonna, you're gonna use a mezcal, that's cost effective in a cocktail, cost right? And most of, and I think most of them are super smoky. The ones that are, like Vita, for example. What about I mean, mixed I, base mezcal, mezcal tequila mixed base? I like a mixed base. All right, Phil Ward. Phil Ward doesn't like a mixed base. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, to lighten it up in a drink, to lighten it, you know. But uh, you also agree, like you like white. You still like a white spirit, not like a like an aged spirit in a Negroni, right? Or no? You you're like oh, I could do anything, anything, I anything. Everyone with an aged spirit is a I'm now. What so. about a, What about a Kingston Negroni? What's, yeah. that, what's that? Jamaican rum. What yeah, kind of Jamaican, Jamaican rum? Smith and Cross. Jamaica, <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it made somewhere else? It does say it does say London it's rum a, or yeah, something like that, right? Shout out to distilled on the island, no, aged in warehouses. Yeah. You know, it's a historical. I don't yeah. care. I don't care where it's from. It's delicious. It doesn't really matter. We'll, we'll call Wondrich. We'll we'll get to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Have we answered your question? Basically, Campari like Campari and vermouth mixed with things taste good mm-hmm. in almost any yeah, ratio. You buy yeah. And, and you totally answered my question. And my final follow-on was, what do you reckon? One big cube of ice, lots of ice, or just straight up? What's the right etiquette? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let me, wait. I'm going to give you a four-beat. How much of your cocktail is left? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, well, like... Very, I mean, I would down it. That's just me. Then you don't need ice. Just serve it up in a chilled glass. I mean, stir it on <laughs> ice it first is. to... to I thought he meant service-wise. Yeah, 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 service-wise, but I'm just saying. If you're, if, if, if yeah. you're going to be like yakety, 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 then serve it on a big cube. Big cube. Mm-hmm. The trick is Negroni doesn't like being too warm, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like that's one I, of the I gotta problems. i got to say, Dave, I, I, I'm less yakety, yak, more drinkety drink. So great answer. <laughs> yeah. Great show. Perfect. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And by the way, people, never, Thanks. ever, Thanks. never, ever order a double anything. Uh, just say... Give me one now and make me one in exactly three minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's like the correct answer. Every yeah. drink is a double now. Dave, I just spoke to the bartender inside at Roberto's. He said he substitutes Sue's for the Campari. Oh, Sue's. In a Mezcal white Negroni. Negroni. <laughs> Love a white Negroni. Sue's. Sue's, like, which one of you is a Sue's freak? Ann Robinson's a Sue's freak, I love right? Sue's. We're all Sue's freaks. Yeah. yeah. He's making me one right now, so. You dirty, you dirty, dirty. Oh, why? Oh, because we didn't make you a drink. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not too late. I'll shoot you still have more. So we're going to make you a, a whatever we're going to go. Do we like Easy Rider? What do we like for names? I'm always, always terrible at naming things. Easy Rider. Let's, uh, Dave, let's take a break while we can. How about Gentle Rider? Dave, quick break while we got on our mind. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more cooking issues. <laughs> This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Dave, we have a question from Kat this week. I've seen the Searsol being used to caramelize sugars on brulees and other desserts. What type of sugars work the best? Okay, well, I sincerely encourage you to all go purchase Searsols on uh, Amazon.com. 
I actually use a regular torch when I'm doing brulees without the sears all head. And the reason is, is that brulees don't take on that torch taste uh, that you get when you torch things that have fat or high amount, uh, like high fat, like, like meats or things that have proteins in them. And in fact, a torch, is, a straight naked torch is a good way to get kind of uh, crunchy sugars. I haven't run the test of different kinds of sugars. I know isomalt crunches up real nice. I know sucrose crunches up real nice, but I haven't tested, uh, for instance, like glucose powder or fructose powder on the top of a, a creme brulee. So I can't really say, but I doubt it works. You want something that, hold, that you want something that does crystallize nicely. So. Invert tends not to, so I would I would choose things like sucrose or isomalt or anything that you would use uh, kind of in a hard candy situation. You can get a whole range of sugars to test with your Searsall at bobsredmill.com and use the code COOKINGISSUES. That's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES for 25% off your order. And we're back! We're talking about the worst things we've ever made. Uh, <laughs> we did a birthday oh, cake. Best. We did a birthday cake bourbon once. Remember that? We blended up. Oh um, god, that was delicious. <laughs> like, French fried vodka once. Yes, oh, that was my. That fault. was that delicious. Was Hugo de Papas Fritas. Yeah. So it was a lifelong dream. Mm-hmm. You can make a good Hugo de Papas Fritas, but it 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 goes like rancid in about a day. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, I milk clarified a bottle of red wine recently, and then brixed it up to fifty, and it was terrible. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a New York sour. To, no, to, it's not. <laughs> to be to be fair. The wine started as terrible. It's true. It's trash <laughs> wine to begin with. It, it, like, you would not drink the wine, so why would you think that as a product it would be good? I didn't want to use good wine and potentially ruin it, but you're correct. You're absolutely correct, and I was a fool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fool! 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 Uh, yeah, so what else were we talking about? Milk washing. We were talking about, like, during the break, we were talking about things we've milk washed and things we've made, like, uh, Stacey was saying we did a candy corn cocktail once. Yeah. Not on the menu. That's the kind of no, crap no, that would w- never go on the menu. It was on the menu, but what? it was only there for a couple of days. It was like Halloween weekend. Was I gone? No, you because you came in that day to, to make it for us. I made it for you? Yeah. Is that for Dave in the booth? Dave I in the really booth, come it. get your cocktail. Oh. It's still I really wanted to find a way to layer it to make it look like an actual candy corn. Oh, Nastasia oh. just passed you. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Total narc. <laughs> He won't be able to operate the phones if he has a full drink. I'm going to take the other half. All right, go. So back. So we're layering flavors. Oh, no. I, I, I meant touch- literally layering the cocktail. Oh. I was Ugh. like, let's, do- <laughs> let's layer this candy. Oh, I, got, candy I got vetoed board. on that. The, but I was really the most psyched unimpleasant, about it. The most unpleasant cocktail world, word is Pousse Cafe. <laughs> oh. This is delicious. Like Pousse Cafe. Yeah. Do you like it, Stas? It's good, right? No, he's saying so. Yeah, but do you oh. like it? Or do you hate that <laughs> Nastasia's hater of everything, so she likes it. If, if she likes it and it's not uh, rosé champagne, literally, like, as soon as Nastasia walks in the bar, someone just looks at her, grabs an AP wine glass, and dumps a bunch of rosé bubbly into it. Yeah, the right? Stas bucket. Yeah. Stas bucket. Stas bucket. I just say, Nastasia, would you like a bucket? Yeah. <laughs> and it's always yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She never orders anything else. In fact, we're going to have to carry some sort of rosé sparkler just in case Nastasia shows up. <laughs> Wait, Dave, have you ever heard of uh, Cointreau buckets? Ooh, what's this? So I, I was hanging out with uh, some Wear Me Cointreau people on Saturday, and they taught me about uh, a Cointreau bucket where basically you take a shot of Cointreau, you light it on fire, you put your hand over the top to... Uh, to seal out the oxygen so it 
the fire goes out and it suctions to your hand and then you can like shake it up and then you take the shot. It was uh, delicious. I know about this. A guy I used to work for at a recording studio claimed he did this to women all the time to impress women? them. What? Oh, he did it to himself. Oh, sorry, he did it to himself. You light a woman himself. on fire, you throw her in a cup, you put your oh, hand over it. Very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> to what part of the woman? <laughs> Wow, and I don't know, man. You need yourself some new friends, man. Oof. Anyway, so do you like the? I mean, like we all know that burning liquor is good. We do that all the time. Yeah, Yeah. all the time. We're gonna have the red hot pokers at the new joint. Pokers are back. Yeah. It's a little late in the season. I thought we'd be open months ago. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So while you're making the next drink, I will answer a food-related question. Uh, This one from. Okay, I love it when people give me the pronunciation of their last name because I can literally just look at it. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. This is from Tom Miliaranza. You have to say it really fast. Tom Miliaranza. But no, but it's the Anza. It's the O N. That's like I just oh, learned that Joaquin Simo's yeah. name isn't Joaquin Simo. It's Joaquin Simo. Uh, oh, wow. Miliaranza. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> this is from Tom. A lot of Mexican sauce recipes. What kind of sauce? A lot of Mexican sauce recipes have you heat a little oil in a pan until the oil is very hot, then dump in the sauce, which is otherwise made, right? It's already a pre-made sauce. Uh, Think like an enchilada sauce or something. Usually something tomatillo or tomato-based to quickly reduce, and as the recipe often claims, to sear it. Or A lot of people say they fry it. They're frying the sauce after it's made. Anyway, sauce. Sauce. This usually results in the sauce violently hissing and spurting, leaving a mess all over the counter, up the walls, on the cook, etc. You ever got boiling sauce in the eye? It sucks. I'll tell you something else. When I was younger, my eyes were fast. My uh, my little membranes were quick. Isn't this a, is this a nictitating membrane in your eyelid? Is that what that is? Anyway, so like it closes, used to close real fast. So I never used to get hit in the eyes. But now that I'm getting older, my reflexes aren't so good. Blinking and, issues. And blinking issues. And like, and uh, that's why I had to go to the hospital and get like a big piece of metal uh, carved out of my eye instead of just wiping it off my eyelid like when I was young. Anyways, uh, my question is, is the idea of searing, in big old air quotes, a sauce BS? Um, is there any reason why the same result could not be achieved by reducing the sauce at a more moderate rate? Thanks, Tom Miliaranza. Okay, so uh, the answer is it is not BS. Here's what. Okay, but it is a pain in the butt, right? Wait, what's going on? We're tasting. We're t- what do we? What? This I, is what uh, what, two and a half year old martini. You are. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you have a moment, I'd like to. Oh, it's so olivey. Yeah. It smells Super like it's olive. almost as if it's had an olive in the bottle for two and a half years. <laughs> in fact, this has a history. That's a dirty martini I could get down on. There's a particular yeah. history to this. We have to Family start. show. That's right here. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, okay, so wait. So, wait. You take, you taste, you take, you, because oh. they're going around. All right. You taste around for a minute, and then I will talk about the sauce, and you guys can chime in if you have sauce things. So, think about it this way. When you're cooking a tomato-based sauce in general, like, uh, I've said this many times on the show, but if you come from Boston Italian stock, first of all, it's not... Uh, sauce, it's gravy, and it's not pasta, it's macaroni. So it's macaroni and gravy is pasta with tomato sauce. And the worst thing you can do, because you have to cook the gravy for hours and hours, is burn the gravy, because it's not fixable. If you burn tomato sauce, it is a non-fixable problem. And what does it tell you, the fact that you can burn tomato sauce? What does it tell you? What is it telling you, people? That it gets above the boiling point, yeah. i.e., you're having reactions happening at the bottom of that 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 um, are high temperature reactions, right? And it's because it's so thick 
that it can't get get out of the way. It locally dries out, heats way up, and you can get you know uh, high heat flavors. This is the reason why a lot of people take a like a very nonstick, well seasoned cast iron pan and cook down their tomato paste in a like just give it a little heat in the bottom of the cast iron pan with some oil before they cook it to get a little bit of high temperature action on their tomato paste. I don't do that because I'm lazy, but uh, <laughs> people people totally do that. And so on a thick sauce. Uh, yes, you can get those kind of cooked flavors. The trick is to keep moving it around so it doesn't burn, and most of those flavors are going to happen very soon after you add it because you're going to turn it down such that it doesn't burn. Now, your problem with sputtering is you probably have more liquid in it at that point than you want, so it's going to sputter everywhere. And if you have a thick layer of sauce and you heat it up at the bottom and it's thick, like it's tomato, it's got pectin and other stuff in it, you uh, build up bubbles, the bubbles stay underneath, and then it takes a long time for them to erupt because there's no convection. So you locally superheat the sauce, it forms a large bubble, and then that bubble pops at the surface rather violently and shoots hot spurts everywhere, which is why always cover that sucker. Always cover that sucker. What I would do is dump, cover, let it for a little bit, stir it, and then turn it down. That's what I would do. Anyway, so talk more, uh, my, my clutter. By the way, I told you, the day after you started working, I told you, oh my God, I just had to deal with another clutter buck. How many of you are there? Just me and that person. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of another one. It's like one of the better names, I what think. It's one of the better family? last names. <laughs> he killed them all. He killed them all. Donnie wasn't born, he just was. <laughs> I am the she ran, she ran the, the permissions for whatever library I had to get permission when I did the Liquid Intelligence book to use Ben Franklin's recipe. In New York? She uh, in New York? I, the Eastern right. Seaboard. Somewhere here on the Eastern Seaboard. So there's at least four of us then. All right, cool. Maybe five. All right. So talk to me about the martini. All right, so the martini is dated 5-9, meaning tomorrow, but two years ago. So it's 720-something days old. And it spent the first year of its life in my friend's trunk. Ah. <laughs> so hot, cold, hot, cold, 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 hot, cold. So this is like Linny. It's the Linny of. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been in crossing waters for yeah. one year ago. So it's, it's seen every temperature Talking to the mic. you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And it still tastes good. It just has a lot of olive in it. It so. does have a lot of olive in it. I think it's nice. Yeah, wait, wait, you should age them all for two years. And is this actual? No, no, no. This is the actual BDX Nick Bennett spec. Yeah, this is. The, yep. So you can see Jack's handwriting here. <laughs> Don't read it. <laughs> Don't read it or look at the stick figure. But uh, there's a whole bunch of really great stuff written on there uh, that, nice. yeah, from the old days. Right? So Nick, tell them about your uh, martini spec here. Uh, orange bitters. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Beef eater gin. Uh, we use Dolan Dry. Three eighths uh, Dolan Dry. Three eighths Dolan Dry. Yeah. It, wait, it wasn't a complete. Uh, half ounce or anything like that it was um yeah we orange bitters and dilution and then we let it sit with uh in the freezer with a small olive castle castlevania i, I, I can never remember the actual it's name. not They're castlevania the I always, it's the only one i could ever it's the only thing it's i can ever not think a castle of castle vitrano it's, 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 it's a castle wolfenstein, wolfenstein. <laughs> 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 they taste the same as the spanish queens but they're just like oh, little right, teeny right, tiny right, right. ones yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well the, the thing is it had to fit in the, had to bottle. Fit in the right. bottle yes yeah. that was the main point here, here is said batch spec i have pulled up it's uh 350 mls beef eater 75 mls dry vermouth this is dolan uh 300 mls water 10 dashes orange bitters uh that yields approximately five martinis after we put 150 grams of batch into each bottle with one that's like a five to one Mm. and nick was like nick was like i'm using beef because you use too much tank dave (laughs) (laughs) and i have i have the uh the service the service recipe here is it says martini open bottle and serve (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so some Thanks. some spec questions. Some uh, Nick uh, Nick from uh, England wrote in and said, "Give me the spec for the hatchback. Give it to me." Well, one mm. sec, let me let me. Give it, it to me. Give, give it to me. That's uh, Karen Jarman's uh, recipe. And someone else asked for Thundernut spec. Thundernut is yeah. the hardest drink in the world to make. It takes many days, and you absolutely have to have a centrifuge. I think uh, uh, my second day, I spilled the entire <laughs> Thundernut down the stairs. He's walking up the stairs and tripped up the stairs. Thundernut <laughs> all over. To be fair, those stairs up. were terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, hatchback. <laughs> hatchback is uh, one one thousand six hundred and sixty-six milliliters of water. Amazing. Uh, 335 milliliters clarified grapefruit. 335 milliliters simple. 335 milliliters Campari. A liter of tequila of your choice. We ended up light, using... Light, yeah, light, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blanco yeah. tequila. Cimarron, Espelon, Cimarron, yeah. Cabeza, yeah. similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 26 drops of saline solution. And then you chill it, force carbonate it, and then top it with a half ounce. Top each six ounce pour with a half ounce of uh, clarified lime. Right, that's a Karen Jarman spec, but she said that she was based that on a drink. Whose drink did she base that on? It's a, isn't it like a siesta, right? And whose From, drink is that? Uh, Katie's. Oh, Alright. Sounds like a 2 so. one two. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it was a classic, I think it was originally a, a modern classic from mm -hmm. PDT. Uh, the Katie over there, but how did how did you guys name the the hatchback? That was like right before I I showed up. I don't up. know. So like, uh, what happened was, uh, what had happened was that uh, like because I remember the story, but I don't. You have to tell me because like we were the opening bar crew, like uh, so Tristan and like the opening crew. We all were like, we need names for these dang drinks, and we just went to a restaurant and just started ordering French fries and booze, and we're like, we're not getting up until we have names for all these drinks, and that's. Where Wait, you're telling me I could have had fries? <laughs> <laughs> I've become cheap in my old age. Uh, but but I, like, where did the name come from? I don't remember. Well, the the story that that I heard, and, and Nick, you were there, so you can testify. But apparently, uh, you were all sitting around, and you were talking about this this Campari and tequila drink, and somebody was like, "Well, it's basically like a like a siesta, like Katie's type siesta." And then Dave or somebody was like, "Yeah, like fiesta." And then somebody said, Ford Fiesta. And then somebody said, Hatchback! That's a win. It's a, it's a win. great win. It really is. Ford a win. I, I tell you what, man. Like, like the thing is, is that there, there are so many different combinations of spirits out there that people, people get so bent on where the spec comes from. And if you... Here's this is the Negroni problem I was talking to you about, right? So it's like if you start from a like this starts from a the drink that I brought here starts from sidecar because I I woke up and well when I say woke up I mean paid attention when we were in this tasting with Heaven Hill and I was like oh sidecar right so this legitimately to me is a sidecar variant yeah absolutely but like if you happen to like start with a flavor and arrive at something that is similar to something else but is milk washed has a bunch of herbs in it and then does a bunch of other stuff that no one ever did then is it really a variant on that other drink that you weren't thinking about or, or not like is our saffron Plymouth martini really a tuxedo eh 
No. <laughs> it's more of a seersucker suit. Oh, we should have named it that instead of canary. But canary's a fun As long name. as you call it something different, then what does it? What difference does it make? It's not the tuxedo. It's a tuxedo build. Well, I, no. I think you just need to, to like, it's, you know, it's sort of down. pay homage to it if, when you're talking to your guests and be like, this is where the inspiration came from. But... Um, but that's not where the inspiration came from. That's the thing. It seems such a jag-off <laughs> move because it's like, well, it's like a tuxedo except for it's got yellow chartreuse in it and freaking saffron that we wrap it in fuse. But other than that, exactly the same. <laughs> and, and we weren't thinking down. about the tuxedo when we were making it and it's an inverse ratio. But other than that, it is a freaking tuxedo. All right? Do you think if you landed on the planet tomorrow and you didn't have any idea what any classic was and you were giving a whole bunch of spirits and then you started making cocktails with them, that, do you think that it's possible that you came up with a cocktail that didn't have any sort of precursor to it? You know what I mean? No. Like, do you think it would be possible? No. No. If it tasted good, you know? What? Right, so then why are we even stressed about yeah. it? It's not a, I stress about the, what I stress about is that I think it comes from the Phil Ward potato head theory, is that everyone sees everything as a variant, and I don't think it's helpful from a mental standpoint. What I'm trying to describe to somebody, so in other words, like, even if it's unrelated to a Manhattan, a specific cocktail, oh man, so many fights, but if it drinks like a Manhattan, it's useful for the customer who likes Manhattans because they can hang their hat yeah. on what a Manhattan tastes like, mm -hmm. it's useful for them to know that it's in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. But if you do a bunch of stuff to that drink, even if it is a brown spirit, a uh, you know an herbed wine and some bitters, but it has no taste comparison to a Manhattan or you've done something weird to it where it doesn't taste like a Manhattan anymore, that's no longer a useful peg for them to hang their hat on and therefore it doesn't really should fit into the, what you talk about it. But I think it can also be, like, when, when I was bartending, I think something that helped me was realizing that there are these kind of master ratios in a lot of, in a lot of respects. And so that's a great way as a bartender to remember how to make the drink. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's the thing. So, like, but, like, at what point is it, if you start, at one point, even if you start with a basis as a drink and you just mute and you just mutilate the hell out of it till it's something different, right? Like, yeah. so, oh well, it's a it's a Manhattan. It's basically it's uh, neat whiskey. It's basically neat whiskey. And then I, you know, I it, it needed a little bit of sugar and acid, so I added some vermouth, and then I wanted a little more bitterness, so I added some, you know, bitters, and then you know it was a little too strong, so I stirred it, and then I put like you know cherry or a twist in it. So yeah, it's basically straight whiskey. You know what I mean? It's like it's like at what point is it not straight whiskey anymore? You know what I'm saying? Defending the originals or the riffs? I'm defending everybody. That's unusual. I'm talking. What, what, what I'm talking about is I think pe like people people who drink at bars. I don't really think they give a rat's behind to be honest. But I think bartenders, when they're thinking about what they're doing, tend to put too much stock in the precedent of what they of what they're doing and thinking about it that way rather than just thinking about the ratios. And for some, re for some things, the ratios are golden because they are. You know what I mean? But other times, I think you can get hampered by thinking of yourself as just building variants. And you know, from the, the, like the, the Booker and Dax perspective, you guys heard me say it a million times, don't start with a different cocktail, start with a flavor that you want. And so I think that like thinking of everything as a variant of something else, even though it's a useful, it's a useful starting place because you know these ratios, I would rather you think about the flavor you're trying to achieve and if that's best achieved through something that's very close to a Manhattan ratio with a, you know, an herbed wine, then, you know, God bless. Dave, I that's think the, the best thing ratio-wise that you ever forced us to do was the three-eighths measurement because nobody uses that, but it's such an easy way to, to visualize that amount of liquid in a jigger rather than, like, 
fat quarter, scant half. You know, like those words have a meaning, but it's not as precise. Normal as people don't call three eight. Nobody does no. three eights. Yeah. No. It's no. literally it's just, just you, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Do, uh, thanks. It doesn't the penicillin use three eights? Does it? Is yeah. it? Is I oh, is it three eighths? Honey ginger. Honey ginger. Like it's a, yeah. a good drink. Yeah. Yeah. But most people just you know combine batch it together. Two, yeah. Make the honey ginger. Uh, Dave, you want to take uh, one yeah. last call? call three yeah, yeah, sure. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, I, I thought this show was about food. I had a food question. Oh, this is Shorty <laughs> Josh Eden, the chef in existing conditions. Oh. What's, What's up, Shorty? I was curious how we all feel about crispy crabs, bacon mayonnaise, and tomatoes. Uh, well. Softies? Here's the problem with tomatoes is that soft-shelled crabs and tomatoes, they don't live in the same season. <laughs> soft-shelled crabs, soft crabs are in season. Right. They just came into season. Yes. And tomatoes are kind of always in season somewhere, but we're like a month away from having great tomatoes. I mean, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag at what we're going to do. As long the as bar. there's a lettuce layer between the tomato and the crab. I like a, I like a hot house compar. I like a hot house compari tomato, and everybody. There won't be any bacon on it. It's gonna be a bacon mayonnaise. Everybody knows my favorite fact about soft shell crabs, right? The fact that they when you cut. You're breaking up on me. I think you're breaking up on me. I'm gonna. Are you at the bar right now? It sounds like you're at the bar. We're having like a menu discussion right now. Right now, this is happening. By the way, people, in case you want to know what like my actual life is like, it's pretty much like this all the time. My favorite thing about soft shell crabs is after you rip their gills out and after you cut their eyes off, they bread themselves. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm going to need to see this technique. I've never seen that. Of course you have. You've made soft-shell crabs. Their legs are still going. You throw them in a thing, and they're like, I will help you. Even oh. will help myself. They bred themselves. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was ready. I was like, what is and that, my friends, is why you want sprightly soft-shelled crabs, not those dead ones that are on the street that have been baking in the freaking sun. You want nice ones that are still moving. When you guys That's buy, correct. Shorty, when you buy when you buy uh, r- razors, do you sit there and do you f- do you do you flick do you flick the muscle so All that the it, time you pull out you you pull on them and they stretch back. Yeah, and you gotta yeah, flick the muscle. One. You gotta flick the that muscle. That may not have baby. sounded too Amen. good for the radio, but <laughs> I'll tell you what's not a family show. Dana Skinner, who could not be here, came up with the all-time bar term. Oh man, I don't know if we can. We cannot talk about it. <laughs> it's it's a method of uh, expressing just the right amount of uh, grapefruit or orange or lemon oil. From a twist, uh, or to a very yeah. small amount, right? Through, yeah, well, through slapping. Sh- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a slap. It's a certain kind of slap. Certain kind it's of a slap. Slap, slap. Tadaguchi once broke a glass <laughs> <laughs> using that technique. It was incredible. We both went whoa. So Todd, we could do. We love him I had so much. another good idea last night, Todd. but you're not gonna like it either. All right. Um, I was thinking about doing carbonated oyster shooters. No, yeah. <laughs> Why though? Why? <laughs> How about we serve you something carbonated and you have your oyster? First of all... I'm okay with that. I was just playing around with the idea. I thought it was funny. I don't know, man. Here's my... Okay, Shorty. Here's my thing with carbonation. Oh, wow. I got booed. Not by, not by me. That's Dave in the booth. So, like, uh, <laughs> like, for me, the issue with carbonation with a lot of things is it takes on the note of... Unless it's a liquor or a booze, it takes on the note of spoilage. So, like, back... Uh. Like 10, 15 years ago when everybody was carbonating fruit, I was like, 
bad idea because when you start eating fruit and the fruit's carbonated, you're like, that fruit's gone south. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not yeah, good it's anymore. It's that fermenty. It's fermenty. I have a uh, specific question for Jack. Yes. Hold on one moment. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Uh, this is actually a two-part question. Uh, acid grapefruit is not clarified, correct? This not is Bobby, clarified. This is Bobby this Murphy. Is, this is Bobby Murphy, a.k.a. Vinny Barbarino, a.k.a. my cousin Vinny Barbarino, a.k.a. Bobby. Formerly Next, Bobby formerly Alinea, formerly... <laughs> yeah. And I went to Bobby middle school with Bobby. Yeah, Hi, Bobby. Bone and Bobby have known each other forever. He was way cooler than me when he was a year younger. Uh, <laughs> Not fair. Going for the yeah. older. Bobby, sorry, what's part two? Uh, do you want the Ken fried chicken lunch special? Yes, yes, a million percent. Um, you can tell they're at the bar because you can have hear. We're to go here pretty soon as construction <laughs> is resuming. Yeah, all right. Here uh, in the neighborhood. Thank you for taking our call. Uh, of course. Thanks. Thank you, Shorty. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. All right. So, Did you uh, answer Bobby's question? What? Yeah. yeah. I, I told the people we have a tasting today. I, they the call answer is the radio show. acid grapefruit is not clarified, and yes, I would like fried chicken. Listen, Bobby, <laughs> it's very simple. Is the drink going to get shaken? If so, do not clarify. Are you going to shake? Do not clarify. That's one of the great things about this uh, drink here is that there's nothing. It's double citrus. If you will shake, it is opaque. There's. <laughs> oh. That's, I stole that. That's uh, stolen from uh, Kevin Denton. But. Uh. Okay, you're going to get a reaction from us on that one. Boom. <laughs> All right, that's please, fair. Please, please, please. But like, that's why I like this uh, this fake sidecar. This fake sidecar, it's got over an ounce of citrus in it, so it's textured up the up the wazoo. Is it a sidecar? Yeah. Oh. 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 Donnie. Is it a sidecar? I know you're, you're trying to be relatable. I, right I started now. with the, I started with the concept of the sidecar. That's what I'm trying to say. I started with the sidecar and I ended up here. Started with the sidecar. Now we're here. Okay, right, right. All right. All right. All right. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of the show. Well, it's over Thanks now. Thank you guys for taking the call. All right. Thank you. Yeah. This is the kind of arguments we have constantly at the bar. Like, we're like, every, someone has a, an, uh, an idea, and then everyone else is like, no! <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, until, until we have a... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... All right, we got to get out of here. All right, listen. I want to thank BDX crew, the best crew anyone could ever ask for. I love all you guys. Oh, I, prom I promise this. Uh, shout outs to Max Brzezowski, Barback Extraordinaire. Oh, yeah. He couldn't be here, but we love him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks, uh, thanks for coming, and I hope to see you guys at the new place. You're always family. Thanks. Couldn't believe it. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Cooking Dave. issues! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.